Hey guys, this is Nikki DeSalvatore and welcome to A Mom and a Mic. This is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network and was created to provide a safe place for moms of every age, every walk of life, and every background. My prayer for you is to find solace, comfort, laughter, hope, and inspiration as we journey through this adventure called Life Together. Today I'm sharing with you episode number three called Mirror Mirror on the Wall. If you'd like to share today's episode with a friend, just go to amamanamike.com and look for episode number three, Mirror Mirror on the Wall. Also, I would love for you to reach out and connect with me on my Facebook page, Amamanamike. Here you will find words of inspiration, reminders to keep you motivated, and dialogue to get you through the week, hopefully making you smile and laugh. You know, living in Central Florida for the majority of my childhood, I grew up not only loving Disney, but I often found myself referencing my upbringing as being a Disney kid. After working at Disney for a short time one summer and performing there several times with my church and school, I just knew that one day I would grow up to be one of their beautiful princesses. This, of course, was my aspiration until the tragic day I was told my height and measurements did not meet the requirements for a Disney princess, aka I was too short and too fat. Suddenly, I, I felt as if my mirror mirror on the wall had turned and sucker punched me right in the face. To say the least, I was devastated. My dream since I was a little girl was gone. I would love to say I took the criticism and moved on with my life, and in a way I did. But that dream, as silly as it sounds, was still in my heart. So years later, I tried again, and this time I was told I was too old. Apparently, the princesses not only have hips the size of Tinkerbell, but they never grow old either. It wasn't until I was older that I realized how detrimental this reality was in my life. And not because I would never be able to claim I was a fairy tale princess, but rather because I had the mindset that I would only be good enough if I achieved that goal. Just like pulling a bandage off my eyes, I realized, hey, wait a second, my self-worth is not determined by the approval I receive when and if I meet society's standard of acceptance. So let's start by defining what the standard of acceptance for me meant. In my mind, I would gain acceptance if I had a tiny waist, microscopic hips, and not even one laugh line to show for. So the million dollar question was why? Why did I put so much validity on something so superficial to pave the road in my life? So let's talk about most of us now. Why do we allow images online and in shows to call the shots? Truth is, we could be here all day discussing how unfair it is that women with a skinny figure are celebrated, even though we know good and well that at least two inches was photoshopped off their thighs. Forget trying to figure it out. Instead, let's ask ourselves why. Why do we continue to accept those images, allowing it validation in our lives as women? I think before we answer that question, we need to understand what self-worth really means and how it can affect the decisions you make in your life. First of all, we need to know that self-worth is a little bit different than self-esteem. Self-worth is the value you set for yourself, the belief that you are good enough, that you matter. I like to think of it as a core part of who you are, and that doesn't change with the wind. However, self-esteem is what you think of yourself at that particular moment, which could change depending on your situation or circumstance. For example, if I stand up in front of a group of people to speak and I forget half of my words, my self-esteem most likely will go down. But on the flip side, if my name is called to receive a prestigious award or I was honored for something I achieved, my self-esteem would go up. To me, self-esteem and its ups and downs are just a part of the roller coaster of life. 
It's okay that it's not always going to be at a high. However, and this is a strong however, having a solid self-worth, which is how much we value ourselves, is paramount in our lives. Because if we don't think we are good enough, we're going to end up destroying opportunities and blessings that could have been ours to enjoy. So, like my Uncle Tony used to say, what are you going to do? Well, here's my top 10 ways to raise the bar of your self-worth to what it should be. Here we go. Number one, know your why. So the other day I was in Macy's desperately trying to find a bathing suit, which I could literally stop right there and that alone screams prayer. But after an hour of looking, sorting, pondering, and examining, I had quite the stack to try on. Now, let me mention that I had both my husband and my 12-year-old son with me, so time was of the essence. Following a very frustrating try-on session with what seemed like an entire rack of bathing suits, I hung every single suit back up and came out with nothing. So my husband's eyes follow me as he sees me walking out empty-handed. But to me, it wasn't that big of a deal. Um, I always referred to it as just the dressing room defeat. And to most of us women, that kind of loss is more common than not. But to a man, he's like, what? Hold up. Logically speaking, you went in that dressing room with like a million bathing suits and you come out with nothing? How is that even possible? Well, in my heart and soul, I knew exactly why that was not only possible, but true. I was just too embarrassed to say it. See, I went into the dressing room with 20 suits of all the wrong sizes. And not because I couldn't read the number on the tag. I knew exactly what size I was now, yet couldn't accept that I wasn't what I had been at one time. The years have replaced being a stick with being a little curvy, and it was obvious I was still living in the past. Now, if you think my husband was confused and losing patience, you should have seen my son. The look on his face alone spoke volumes. Let's just say the boy was hungry and my shopping was delaying him from his plate of pasta. So between the death stares and the plead of desperation from Luke, my 12-year-old, I went back to the racks and chose my real size. Sure enough, I came out with not only one suit that fit, but two. So much time wasted with struggle and disappointment just to leave exhausted as truth became reality. So women, moms, why do we put so much pressure on ourselves to fit, no pun intended, into the number we deem acceptable? I think our thoughts have been so intensely trained, if not brainwashed, that we don't realize the damage our critical thinking does to both our minds and our bodies. To me, I don't think it's necessarily bad for us to want to work on ourselves, to improve something in order to make us better, but that's not the problem. The problem is the why. If you've never listened to Michael Jr., he is a stand-up comedian and motivational speaker, and he has a powerful video on YouTube called Know Your Why. In the video, he says, when you know your why, your what becomes more impactful because you're walking toward your purpose. Really powerful because as women, I feel our why can be answered for all the wrong reasons, which over time destroys our self-worth. So ask yourself, why am I not happy with my body? And listen to the answer. If you can say, because I need to lower my cholesterol or get my body stronger and healthier, then your why is justified and your what becomes more purposeful. Like I said before, don't just stop at physical appearance. Look within and ask, why am I struggling with accepting who I am? Why do I feel a need to act a certain way around certain people and a whole different way around others? If your why is because you're trying to change who you are to gain approval from others, even if it's at the cost of you pretending to be someone you're not, then refocus your why. 
Remember, your why can either be dynamical or destructive, depending on the road you take. There is some good news, though. You get to choose your path. Refocus your why. Make your why reasons which create a purpose of a happy, healthy you. Spend some time really thinking of the days that you smiled the most and ask yourself, what was I like on those days? Was I in a different job? Was I taking more time to do things I loved? If you found you were happier because you were thinner or looked less aged, then do something towards helping your body for you, not for anyone else. If you found you were happier when you were at a certain job or felt more comfortable when you let your real personality come out, then start seeking new employment or choose to hang around people who you truly can be yourself in front of. This will improve your life and well-being and that's refocusing your why. Remember, there's usually not a problem knowing your what. Don't forget to know your why. Number two, teach the new generation. I've always believed that part of our responsibility as human beings is to teach those following in our footsteps. No, there's not a law out there that states it's our obligation. It just makes good ethical sense. Teach the younger ones how to have self-confidence and dignity. Show them that the bar of how they are treated begins with the bar they set for themselves. What you'll discover, too, is that by setting an example for the new generation, you'll practice how to raise the bar for yourself. Number three, be careful what you wish for. Have you ever wondered what would happen if you actually got what you wished for? One of my favorite Garth Brooks songs is called Unanswered Prayers, where he references thanking God for prayers that were not answered by the Lord. He goes on to sing, I guess the Lord knows what he's doing after all. And you know what? The Lord does know what he's doing after all, and he made you with the exact qualities and talents that only you can possess. Be careful not to always wish you were like someone else or had what they had, because what will happen is you'll lose the victory of what the Lord had planned for you. Let me share with you a quote that I found on at HelloOctober.com that really impacted my life. It said, If outside validation is your only source of nourishment, you will be hungry for the rest of your life. Wow. For me, that really hit home. Now let's see what the Lord tells us. In Philippians 1.6, Paul says, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. From the moment you were born, God had a plan for your life. Be confident that the Lord's intention for your life is better than anything you think the other person's life contains. Number four, flatter yourself. Basically, if you feel better in skirts, wear skirts. If you feel better when you wear a certain color, treat yourself to a rainbow of those colors. Pay attention to what flatters you and do that. For example, I don't exactly have the best set of knees walking around, so I tend to wear things that flatter my upper body yet hide my lower half. And no, I'm not trying to be critical of myself by saying that. It's just a realization I try and accommodate. One of my past doctors even told me that no amount of exercise would cure my chubby knees and that getting them sucked out would be my only option. <laughs> Maybe that's why he's not my doctor anymore. Even though, if I were honest with myself, I would admit I have often thought about getting it done. Unfortunately, without fail, my husband always swoops in and quickly reminds me that there will be no body parts frozen, lasered, sucked out, or any of the above. Bottom line, you won't ever see me walking around in any sort of daisy dukes. Continue your thinking inwardly and ask yourself when you have felt the most validated or important. Were those the times when you kept everyone laughing at dinner? What about when you cooked up like a mean chicken and rice like no other? If so, 
throw a dinner party, or entertain your friends by telling your funny stories about life. Do you love music or like to dance? Take a Zumba class, let loose, and just have some fun. There are so many talents within each of us. Take the time to discover what makes you special and do more of what flatters you. One of my favorite quotes I'd like for you to absorb is from NelsonMillardSpeaks.com. And it says, when you learn how much you're worth, you'll stop giving people discounts. Number five, set realistic goals. Like I said earlier, I'm a firm believer that what you expect from yourself often reflects how high you set the bar. In the same respect, make sure the bar is within reach. When you set a dream so high that it's near impossible to attain, you're often left with a feeling of frustration, which will most likely lead you to quit. Perfectionism is a real issue and one that is both toxic and destructive to your mind and self-worth. You know, a friend of mine many years ago once told me that if God puts the dream in your heart, then he will give you what you need to achieve it. Ask him. Don't try and figure it out on your own. Ask him for the wisdom to know what his goals are for your life. I promise you the goals will be just the right size and dimensions for you. Number six, discover yourself. Sometimes if you don't really know what you like or don't like and you haven't found your identity of who you really are, it can make you feel uncomfortable in your own skin. What happens then is your self-worth usually suffers as a result. Think about who you really want to be and pursue those interests. Try different foods, movies, activities, and see which ones you like and don't like. What are the things you believe in? Who do you look up to? And what is it about them that draws you in? The world is so full of wonderful things. Go on an adventure with yourself and discover what makes you, you. When you know who you are, what you stand for, why you like certain things, and how you choose to spend your life, then it gives you a sense of pride and creates a strong self-worth. Number seven, create a vision board of your journey. I know this may sound silly, but it's actually quite fun. Grab some poster board, print out pictures, and create a board that's all about you. The first step to achieving your dreams and becoming the person you want to be is to see it. When you can visualize what you want for in your life and you put it down on paper, what you've done is you've now created a roadmap for your journey. And the best thing about it, you can change it at any moment. The destination to your adventure called life isn't controlled by anyone but you. Figuratively speaking, you create the roads you want to travel on in order to get to your new aspiration. But before you can visualize where you want to go in with your life, acknowledge what you accomplished the year before. Take a moment to be proud of yourself and breathe in your achievements. Think about what you love the best out of that year and take it to the next level. By recognizing where you were and visualizing what you want, you'll be ready for what lies ahead. Number eight, two words, self-compassion. Everybody messes up and everybody makes mistakes. Give yourself permission to fall flat on your face so that you can show yourself compassion when getting back up. Trials bring endurance and by having endurance, you are able to persevere through things that may take some time getting through. Endurance then develops strength and character, and by having strength and character, you become a better person and someone who is strong in the Lord. Finally, character strengthens our confidence in Christ, and by strengthening our confidence in Christ, your faith will grow leaps and bounds. So, what happens when your faith grows leaps and bounds? You receive the Lord's blessing and favor in your life, and you literally have the world at your feet. Nothing 
is impossible with the Lord's hand on you, and he will shower you with his compassion and open doors you couldn't even begin to imagine. Number nine, silence your inner critic and be positive. We've all heard the saying, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Yet, for me in my life, this cliche never seemed to hold true. In fact, words, whether good or bad, have always seemed to penetrate straight to the core of my heart. On the contrary, for some reason, I have a very high tolerance to physical pain and am about as tough as they come. Honest as I'll get out, I can go to the dermatologist and have half of my skin fried off, but cry like a baby if someone even looks at me wrong. Words hurt. But not just words from others, words we say to ourselves. In order to boost your self-worth, the self-bashing needs to stop. I've heard so many people say, well, I'm just trying to be humble, but be careful not to confuse humility with being a martyr. The Lord doesn't want you to suffer or degrade yourself. This is not his will for your life. He wants you to live in blessing and finds great joy when we choose blessing over curse. So you're probably thinking, why would anyone purposely choose curse over blessing? Well, guys, every time you speak negative words about yourself or say things like, there's no use, I'll never be able to do whatever it is that you're striving for, then you are choosing curse over your blessing. To live a positive, blessed life, you must speak positive words. Believe that you are valuable because you are. Remember your fingerprints. No two are the same, and we were all made for a specific purpose in this world. Black, white, rich, poor, all shapes and all sizes. There is no one like you. Silence your inner critic and watch the blessings just roll in. Number 10. Let it go. The Lord says, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you used, it will be measured back to you. From my past experiences, the times I am generous and give with my whole heart, I have felt the most fulfilled as a person. It's, it's when we try and hold on to what belongs to us, our possessions, our money, even our time, that we are left feeling shallow, empty, and unworthy. So, like Elsa said in the Disney movie Frozen, just let it go. Soon, you will see that the return on your investment is beyond priceless. Okay, we talked about 10 ways to improve your self-worth. Now, how to begin? Well, simply ask the question, what does self mean? It means you. That's it. Finding your self-worth is a journey that starts and ends with you. So stop worrying about what everyone else thinks. Most of the time, they don't even know what they think about themselves. Take the first step on the path of self-discovery and find what makes you happy. Once you discover that, you will finally be able to say, mirror, mirror on the wall, you don't determine who's fairest of all. Until next week, my friend, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he shine his face upon you and give you peace. Know that the light in me acknowledges, honors, loves, and respects the light within you. Thanks so much for tuning in to a mom and a mic podcast. You have blessed my life by being here with me. This has been a production of the ultimate Christian podcast network. If you want to reach out and connect with me on Facebook, you can find me on my a mom and a mic group page, Nick staying one, two, three on Instagram or at Nikki DeSalvatore one on Twitter. If something spoke to your heart today, or if you just want to be kind, please subscribe to the show and leave a five star rating. Remember be strong, be encouraged, be loved.